Hey there, I am Barb Higgins, and this is A Thousand Tiny Steps. In this podcast, I share my stories of love, loss, triumph, and tragedy as I continue to retrace my steps under what led to the death of my daughter, Molly. By doing so, I hope to not only help myself, but to bring purpose and possibility to those who listen. If you are ready to laugh, cry, shake your head in disbelief, then tie, buckle, face up, or slip on your shoes, and join me as we begin our thousand tiny steps. Hey everybody, Barb Higgins here, welcoming you in my disheveled state to episode 113 of A Thousand Tiny Steps. 13 is a tender number for me, Molly's age, day that I got married. So episode 113 is about friendship, sort of allowing the universe or God or those loved ones on the other side to guide us into meeting the people we're supposed to meet. So I've put off recording this because I haven't really known what I was going to talk about. I woke up this morning just with no idea. I actually tried to record it yesterday, which would have been Friday the 20th. So it's Saturday the 21st and a really big thing happened today. My book arrived. So if you're watching me, I'm leaning over and I'm showing you a line of copies of Motherland behind me. My heart's pounding still because (laughs) this is just a big moment. By now you will have seen the video of me opening it and it won't be big news at all anymore, but it's right now my tummy's in knots. So I'm glad I waited for today to record the podcast because these had not arrived yesterday. A couple of other things happened today. I spent some time with a friend of mine named Susan Buchanan. Susan is a friend of mine from Amesbury. I met her in that professional women's group that I joined. And she is just one of those unique souls that I'm not surprised at all now that I know and spend time with. She's wonderful. She has a big heart for those who need help. She reminds me of Molly in this way and Gracie too. She sort of mentors this young boy. and, And so she's I met her in downtown Concord with four boys that play on an AAU basketball team that have a tournament here in Concord. And I brought them to Dos Amigos for a yummy Mexican lunch. It was great. And we, and we walked all around downtown Concord and talked and shared. And I always, always learn something new when I spend time with Susan. And so what she, we shared today was something that was on her, came to her like on social media. And it's sort of a prayer and I'm going to read it off my phone. So bear with me if you're watching. It's, it won't be pretty. So it says, spirit guides, allies, ancestors, and divinity. I ask for your guidance for what's appropriate for me. I ask for your blessings upon this day. I ask to make no my true will's way. Blessings of happiness, blessings of health, blessings of wisdom, blessings of wealth, blessings of pleasure, blessings of fun, blessings from the stars, moon, earth, and sun, blessings of protection, blessings of peace, Blessings from the north, south, west, and east, so that the work of my will be unpeated, so my impact is beneficial where it is needed, as above, so below, as within, so without, so might it be, and so it is. This reminds me a lot of my friend Karen Kenny, who's a spiritual mentor, and she does the Karen Kenny Show, which is a podcast I listen to every week. And she always ends hers with a prayer similar to this that basically says, please show me where I'm I'm supposed to go and show me who I'm supposed to meet and help me say what I'm supposed to say. It's a little bit of a giving over of your ego self to the greater will of the universe. And that doesn't mean the universe bosses us around. It just means that there's a power bigger than ourselves and our individual desires and needs. And if we can be a vessel, then that's helpful. One of my favorite Baha'i writings starts with, make of me a hollow reed through which, and I don't remember the rest, but what I, what I always remember in that opening line, make of me a hollow reed, 
is that we're supposed to be a vessel through which good can come as opposed to a block that keeps the good out. And so I just liked it. And so we're standing in rainy downtown Concord on Main Street, chatting away about life. And she plays this for me. Another friend is in my mind today, and, and her name is Roberta, Roberta Anthes. And for years, she was the women's track coach at Rutgers University. And I never knew her when I was a runner. She's a little bit older than me, but not much. I met her as a collegiate athlete. I was at BU and she was coaching at Rutgers, a very young coach then. And all the years I worked at Princeton camp, the running camp at Princeton, Roberta was just you know down the road. And so she would come often and lead running groups and be a part of camp. And we became really good friends. And she knew all the ins and outs and struggles that I went through at that time. That was also the first time I got sober. And Roberta is someone that doesn't drink. And so she and I would hang out a lot because when you're around a bunch of people getting drunk, it's hard to, it's just hard to do that all by yourself. Although I had a much easier time of it back then because I had never become a daily drinker. But Roberta was my person and she is an English major and has such a classic grasp of the English language. Conversations with her are fun. Several years ago, like almost 20 years ago now, she left Rutgers and moved across the country, met this wonderful person who she's still with now. And he had a daughter. So really she needed to make the move and she gave up a coaching career and moved across the country. And listen to me how I say that. Oh my God, she gave up a career for a person. Well, Sometimes if it's the right person, it's the right thing to do. In a day where social media is now the way people stay connected, Roberta and I have sort of fallen off the wagon with communication, but it comes and goes and we just communicate via our AOL email addresses, which I love. I don't use my AOL so much anymore, but I will always use it with Roberta. We'd been back and forth and she didn't realize I had started a podcast. I mean, I think she knew all of these things, but when you're not connected, you don't know how to find them. So I put her on my mailing list and we've now we've emailed back and forth several times and she's listening to the podcasts and reading the emails. And it's funny, I just assume that, that people I've known for a long time know everything about me and she, she's finding out all sorts of new things. And I'm telling stories about myself that I thought she already knew. With this comes a renewed sense of connection, but it also makes me anxious because when we share photos of our friendship, it was like five lifetimes ago. Most of my friendship occurred before I'd ever been married. And then within my marriage to Eric and then my divorce, and then having Gracie and Molly meeting Kenny and, and the beginning of that life. And I just look back on that Barb as such a different version of who I am now. And I look at that Barb as mostly only knowing happy things, you know, and then in come Amy and Roy and the job loss and then Molly's death and all that went along with that. I'm just a different person now. But these friendships, certain friendships stand the test of these trials and tribulations, and Roberta is one of them. And so I just have this excitement in my heart around friendship. And so it just gets me thinking. So the third friend that I'll bring up in this episode is my longtime friend from middle school on, Deb, Deb Stanley. If you've read my book, then you've seen her name in the acknowledgments. And she's another one who you know, we're, we're very opposite. I'm quite opposite from R Roberta. I'm in many ways quite opposite from Susan, but what draws us together is a very, very strong, keen understanding of the universe and that we're all a small piece in a much bigger picture and that we all play our part and that we're all connected. I go by Barb all the time now. And I was messaging back and forth with Deb the other night. And she said, well, I will always know you and call you Barbara. I got warm with that because that's how she met me and knew me, Barbara. I didn't really go by Barb when I was in high school. I was Barbara Higgins. That's what I went by. I didn't really become Barb until after college. In college, I went by Higgins. No one called me Barb or Barbara. I was just called Higgins. And then 
I think Barb came in my adult life and it was sort of like me taking ownership of my name and deciding that Barb was who I am. My name is Barbara. My name is Barbara, but who I am is Barb. And so in my sort of online entrepreneurship coaching therapy sessions with Carolina, she's helped me identify and name the different aspects of my personality. Barb is me, Barb mode. I can remember early in my friendship with Robin, we would say, you've been hashtag barbed. And it's just, you've gotten advice from me or mentorship or something that's good. And that's been a good thing. And so when I introduce myself now, I'm Barb on the cover of my book here. It doesn't say Barbara Higgins. It says Barb Higgins. That's important to me. It's sort of who I am, I think. I went back and forth on the whole Barbara thing. Like, well, because Barbara is the name that I assigned the child in me, the, the people pleaser, the one who let people walk all over her and you know, that version of Barb, she's connected to Fifi, who is like my inner child. You know, when Deborah calls me Barbara, I don't mind. Now, I never call Deb Deborah. One more friend that comes to mind today is my friend Taylor. Now, Taylor, interestingly enough, knows Susan. She's a part of this, this professional circle of women who have been in and out of one another's lives. And Taylor is designing our kitchen. And Taylor has this innate ability to reach out to me and say, hey, you were on my head this morning, you're in my heart this morning. So I'm, I had you in my prayers where I'm reaching out and 99.9% .9 of the time, she is spot on that a message from her has been helpful. And I've talked a lot recently about all the changes in my house, the kitchen remodel, the tree coming down, the landscaping. And so now we have these start dates for everything. The landscaping starts Monday, which will be the 23rd of October. I have a giant backhoe in my yard, which is Jack's delight in his new plaything. I'm sure by now you will have seen pictures of him on my social media and in my blogs. That starts the 23rd. And then a week later on October 30th starts the kitchen. And our life will become very different for a couple of months, which is wonderful and terrifying all at the same time. As I sit here, my book release is in three days and I'm wonderful and terrified at the same time. All of these things in my life are happening that terrify me. And when I look at my circle of friends right now, or the friends that I've been in constant connection with, the last but not least would be Polly, who for some reason reached out today. And so she may have a need from me, but I could use some Polly time as well. I realize that whether the universe is Molly, whether un the universe is my great aunt Connie and my Nana Quimby, these are people that come through in readings all the time for me. Whether the universe is Baha'u'llah or Abdul Baha, whether the universe is anyone else, I realize that somebody is setting this up for me so that I am taken care of, so that I am speaking with and talking with and doing what I need to do to manage the days. All of these people, with the exception of Taylor and Susan, are people that I've known for years, for my entire life. I've known Polly since I was a teenager. I've known Roberta since I was in my early 20s. I've known Deborah since I was 12. These are lifelong friends that have watched me and experienced and navigated with me the ups and downs of my life. I've had a very hard time lately trusting people. And I think I have a, some very good reasons why that might be true. In all of my reading, online reading research around trauma recovery, PTSD, success, if you want to be successful, lots and lots of readings and authors and coaches and therapists have you look at the list of people that you surround yourself with, who's in your life, your family, your friends, your coworkers, and, and narrow it down to the five people you see the most. 
And who are those people? Because that's the barometer. That's the measure of how successful or unsuccessful, how happy or sad, how healthy or unhealthy you might be. So you look at the people that you surround yourself with. A couple of weeks ago, I was just sort of scrolling through my text messages. And I have spent so much of my adult life since texting became a thing, spending hours on my phone texting people, whether it was Roy or my social circle, making plans to go out and do things with people, whether it was coworkers. I spent a lot of time online calling or texting friends. And I had a very, very active life outside of my house. Now, having a baby at 57 certainly puts a damper on that, but I've noticed with all of the things that have happened, so Jack's birth, starting the podcast, writing the book, the fiasco in Bo, the fiasco with the, with the charter school in Concord, the service learning school, all of these things that some would say I bring them on myself, right? I attract the drama. Well, maybe I do, but, but I'm not the drama. I attract it. What I'm attracted to is people that encourage drama in their lives and then try to pin it on people like me. And so when I look at two or three years ago, prior to Jack, the five people that I was surrounding myself with, it's not surprising that I was in a state of constant sort of trauma and not able to manage my life because I was surrounded by people that were bringing all that negativity into my life. So I've pulled back. And if I had to say who are the five people I surround myself with the most, it would be my CrossFit community. It would be the coaches at Battle CrossFit and the coaches at CrossFit Amesbury and the people that go to those gyms. I've pulled much way back from my Amoskeg CrossFit friends, not because they're negative at all, but I have found that in regard to me being healthy, that isn't a place that was made me feel like I was supported and loved. That's not an insult on that community. We don't all fit in everywhere we go. And so in pulling back from there and opening myself up more to other CrossFit realities, I have regained my excitement and love for the sport. But even those people aren't the ones I spend the most time with now. When I think of my energy and who I'm thinking about, if I look at the last two weeks of my life, I think of Virginia, my ghostwriter and co-author. I think of Roberta, my, my wonderful running friend from years ago. I think of Polly, who's been my other half, the Laverne to my Shirley, the Doris to my May, the Thelma to my Louise. I think of Deb, who never stopped coming around and coming by and supporting me. And I think now of Taylor and Susan, people who only know the broken barb from after Molly's death. They only know this barb and they understand all the crazy that led up to Molly's death. They understand the connections with Roy and, and what that was like for me. They understand all of it and they love me anyway. And I look at how important that is to me. And on a day like today, where the most exciting thing is that I'm holding an actual real life book in my hand and how this is equal parts wonderful and terrifying is driving me. And right now I'm surrounded by people who love the me of me, whether they know me as Barbara or Higgins or Barb, whether they knew me 50 years ago or five years ago or two years ago. What I share with these people is this unbelievable drive for love and for peace and for kindness, quite honestly. I don't always 100% agree with any of these women, but we're not supposed to. I'm me and they're them. You know, 24 hours ago, I had a couple of hours to myself to record a podcast and I, I had no idea what I wanted to talk about. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what was coming. And now I'm just really, really just, I feel like I'm floating in a beautiful crystal clear pool of friendship and love. And I know that sounds hokey, but I look at that prayer and how 
basically all I said to the universe was, please give me something to talk about. Where am I at? What is it I need to share? So I'm not an advice giver. I don't do this podcast to tell you how to be. But I do know that sometimes when people make suggestions to me, really helps me to solidify why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling or what's going on in my head. And I know that when I sink myself into thoughts of why, if only, how could they, oh no. And even when I get sad looking back on the past, like Roberta sent me some pictures of us at Princeton camp and I was 30 years old. I look like a child. I thought I was so old at 30, right? I just think back to, you know, all that was behind me at that time, but I had no idea what would be ahead of me and how traumatizing a lot of it would be. And I have these amazing connections and these women that range in age from, well, actually this particular group of women, (laughs) I think Taylor's the baby of the group. I think she's just 50. And then the rest of us are well in our fifties and sixties, but I just have such gratitude and thankfulness for these friendships. So if I were going to suggest that you do something, buy my book, (laughs) if you haven't, or borrow it from someone and read it, it isn't even about buying it. Just read it and find out about Molly. But the biggest thing I would say is sit back for a minute and think about who you spend your most time with, whether it's with virtually, whether it's with in your head, whether it's texting or talking on the phone, whether it's spending time, you know, and and I eliminate from my day-to-day life, you know, Gracie, Kenny, Molly, my mom, you know, the people that I run into regularly, I have a a little control over that sometimes. But when, when I think of the people in my life that I'm facilitating a relationship with, who are they? And if they're not healthy, if they're kind of toxic people, then what's going on with that? And, and why, why is that happening? Gracie was just in a, in a relationship and the patterns that, that I noticed there were just reminiscent of every sort of quote unquote poor friend choice I've made in my entire life. And I didn't see it. I love the fact that I can not only learn from the friendships I make, but the friendships I facilitate or the friendships in others that I'm drawn to. It's just interesting to me. Another thing that I loved about today is I don't spend a lot of time just walking around. And so Susan and I walked up and down Main Street. She'd never been to Concord and we looked in the stores and it was fun to look at Concord through her eyes. She's never been here before. The Capitol building is beautiful. I look at it all the time. I've grown up with it. She was just stunned by it. Oh my gosh. You know, we looked at all the quaint little shops on Main Street. I took the boys to Playa Bowls thinking they would want healthy food. And they were like, what? So we went up the street and they had healthy food. We went to Dos Amigos, which is a local Mexican restaurant downtown. And they loved it. They all ordered lunch. They had a blast and they hung out together. And Susan and I walked all around and looked at shops and we had a blast together. So right now I'm going to stop recording and I'm going to take Jingle Jangle to see Finding Nemo. It's one of his play on repeat movies right now, Children's Theater Project of the Community Players of Concord is putting on Finding Nemo this weekend. And so we will go watch and hopefully he'll love it and have some mommy time. Anyway, none of you heard it, but I had a little interruption from Jack (laughs) right in the middle of podcast recording. Those things used to blow my mind. Now I realize editing is a great tool and I have a fantastic editor. So on what for me is a cloudy, rainy, sort of gray October day, be good to yourself. Sit back and think about your friends, good friends that you see a lot, good friends you haven't seen in years. Think about what they do for you and do they bring happiness and joy to your life. Think about a mantra or a prayer that you might listen to and say that a few times. Just be good to yourself. Be good to others. I think for me, sometimes the hardest thing for me is not not being judgy. And I, I don't think I'm outwardly judgmental, but I do know that I can be inwardly judgmental and I don't like being judged. And so this has been a major piece for me 
is trying to live in gratitude. What am I supposed to learn from something that's bothering me or is offensive to me? And that's how I'm good to others. And as always, even when it's gray and rainy, have a good day, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Feel free to leave a review and share my stories with your friends. Please reach out with your own stories as I love connecting with my listeners. If you would like to get to know Molly, head over to mollybfoundation.org to see what she is all about. If you want to see what I'm up to next, you can find me on Instagram at barb underscore 444, on Facebook as Barb Higgins, and at my website, a thousandtinysteps.com. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, a weekly way to find out what's up in the life of Barb Higgins.